Okay, um, this podcast is coming out of Hong Kong and I've found myself here um, coaching and, and something really interesting has come up on the court, which I thought was well worth other people um, understanding. And I've got Jason Sankey with me again, my partner in crime, and we're going to discuss um, aspects of what I've found going back to beginner coaching after a long, long time, and, and particularly the coloured ball um, aspect of coaching beginner players. So the question, Jason, I want to put to you, because what, what I'm seeing on the court is really two types of coach, or two pathways to coaching beginners. And that is the coach who coaches the form of a player, and I think on the, on the polar opposite, the coach who coaches the function of a player. And maybe, Jason, I know you know a little bit about form versus function. So perhaps you could explain your interpretation of both. Paul, it's a pleasure to be here with you in Hong Kong, not over the phone. Um, I'm really happy that you're here. And I think uh, today is really interesting because you come with a very different and possibly unique perspective. You've predominantly worked with a lot of top class professional players, and now you're stepping into a different area working with these young kids. And yeah, I agree with you. There are certainly two camps, and I think we've discussed this, and I'm not sure that there is a right or wrong. I think possibly both could be right. So the concept form follows function is a little bit tricky. Um, the idea is that form, in a nutshell, is perhaps technique. The way that someone strikes a ball, the mechanics of how to hit the ball, and the function is more where and possibly why, um, maybe the directionals, where you're trying to hit the ball and having targets or goals. And so the concept form follows function means we have a goal in our mind first. I want to hit the ball deep or I want to hit the ball to that side or to the other side. And then the form needs to be able to deliver the function we're after. I think that, that wraps it up. Yes, and, and then on the other camp, <coughs> we have um, function follows form, which is the idea that if I teach a child, a beginner child, a backswing and a follow-through to the right checkpoints, let's say backswing to the back fence and follow-through to the shoulder, that eventually, given enough balls and enough experience, that child will begin to strike the ball to the target. And that's the um, form follows, oh, sorry, function follows form. Is that correct? That is spot on. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a tricky uh, sentence, but basically it's, do you teach the technique first and hope mm. to develop the strategies later? Or do you develop the strategies right from the get-go and modify the technique to sort of fulfill the strategies you want to execute? 
Right. Now, I'll tell you, tell you what I've seen on the court since I've arrived, and it's quite striking the difference between the two beginners. In one case, you have a beginner comes onto the court and stands five feet away from you, and when you throw the ball to them, they almost kill you with the ball whizzing past your ear at 100 miles an hour, hitting the back fence. They have very little perception of the distance they're standing. Um, because they've only been taught backswing and follow through. So if they do actually cotton on to the ball, um, it takes off. Whereas, and, that, and that's a child who's been taught the form, the backswing, the follow through, maybe closed stance, all that. But then when, when I, I strike a player or encounter a player who has been taught the function, which is basically get the ball in, get it to a target, Make good, yeah. You know, make clean contact. Control the ball, basically. Control before you, you develop your full swing. They can. I can rally with them a lot sooner. So I'm seeing two very distinct players when yeah. I. It's pretty interesting because I think this also goes somewhat with motivation levels, and sometimes if you teach the form first, the child might be able to execute a certain shot and their motivation increases. Mm. Now, if you teach the function first, get it in, play it to the corners, it may not look as good. And you know, they might get ridiculed or the parents are alarmed and say, hey, hang on a minute, why is my kid all over the place? And the other kid's got that perfect backswing and perfect follow through. Um, and sometimes kids who, who follow form follows function can become a little bit demotivated as well. Mm. I firmly believe that both ways are correct and possibly both are wrong. As long as they both steer towards the same destination and I think that's the key point for coaches is what is that destination that they're trying to strive towards? Are they trying to get kids to be able to play the game later on? Or do they want kids to have perfect technique first and then develop the strategies later because they think the kids will learn the strategies when they're more mature. And I think that's the, that's the balance that coaches need to find. Just, just before the, the break, you know, we, we sort of established there were two types of player and, and which, was, which was better in terms of development. And, my, my view is that the player who is taught form first, some of them can become really good. And, and I think they're the, we call them the talented or quick learners or whatever. I know as a player, when I, when I was learning, I didn't get a lot of coaching, but what I did was I watched better players and I was able to copy technique. I would copy the serve of a certain player or the backhand of another player. And when I went out on the practice court, being highly motivated, I could perfect the look of it. And usually, you know, the stroke would be better. I think the number of players that can translate form into great play uh, is probably a lot smaller. I think maybe 10% of the kids who play that I see at the moment at the clubs here can't do that as well. Yeah, and, and one of the things as well is if you look at the science a little bit as well, is that, you know, to learn form, you, you have to listen very carefully, and this requires working memory. But when you're focusing on function, 
there's no explicit example of how to deliver that function. And so I think kids are allowed to explore. Improvise. And, yeah, they yeah. can improvise, they can explore. And later on, when it comes to a rally situation, well, they're used to improvising and they're used to exploring. And so their adaptability skills are, are probably more enhanced. Whereas a child who has to keep recalling things that they've been taught and, and relying on working memory, when the situation becomes more stressful, where they have to rally with another kid and keep the ball in, then it becomes a lot more difficult. Well, you know, I, I, so I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I have my answer to it, but I want to hear yours. So let's just say, you know, the coach has taught a player function. Yeah, you know, I want the ball hit to the right side of the court or the left side, or I want it over the net or whatever. And often that, that player doesn't look quite as pretty as you know, some of the other players, but the ball does go there. When does, when does that stroke become pretty? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a really interesting question because I think sometimes as a coach, you also feel pressure mm. to make it look pretty. You feel you pressure do, you from do. other coaches. Mm -hmm. You feel pressure from parents, perhaps, and even from the player themselves. Mm. Because if they get to view their forehand compared to another kid's forehand, they might think, well, there's something wrong with my forehand. This is not real tennis. Or no, you know, exactly. It's not a real swing. I mean, for me, you know, I was predominantly taught by my father, who was sort of self-taught anyway. Um, it was always function. Mm -hmm. you know, what are you trying to do with the ball? Mm -hmm. um, so as a coach, I'm okay if a parent says to me, yeah, but my kids should have that follow-through here. I've seen that on, on several YouTube videos. I'm okay to argue my way out of it, but I can see that it could create problems for, for many coaches and many players. Puts pressure on coaches. Absolutely. Yeah. So my, I think I've had to answer that question two or three times since I've been here with other coaches, thankfully not with parents yet, but <laughs> with other coaches. And my answer to that has always been that if a child learns to manipulate their contact accurately to targets and to have an appropriate amount of power to hit the ball for a distance or the distance they require, then as they want to step that up, they will naturally create a bigger backswing, which creates more momentum to the ball. That will carry the ball further. And the consequence of that is that that momentum they've built up will also flow through further, and we call that a follow-through. So for me, if, if my, my goal is always to establish the control of contact or the ability of a player to manipulate their contact well and the backswing the follow-through are simply um byproducts byproducts of yeah the distance you want to hit mm. i mean that's sort of like talking about fundamentals right you know there are many checkpoints in someone's swing but there are only a couple fundamentals that are necessary for the ball to, to, to leave the strings and go to the other side of the court correctly mm. or in, right, to serve the function you want to serve. And because for many years, you know, that they, I mean, I know years ago they would teach 
the number one player in the world would have a certain style and they would teach that follow through or that backswing. And yeah, when the number one changed, they would then rehash their thinking and change it again. Um, when two-handers became popular early on in tennis, yeah, a lot of players were made to play with two hands, things like that. So we tend, we, you know, we tend to bob around a little bit with the current in terms of form as well. So Paul, you know, you, you're talking about function and you were saying you know, the, the contact point. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the contact will dictate where the ball will go. Yep. Do you have any other sort of key bullet points that you might put in there? Um, you talked about you know, judging the distance. Yeah, I mean, contact to me, there's, there's contact controls direction, high and low. It controls right and left. And the degree of backswing, the amount of backswing you bring to contact dictates the distance. Um, that's an Isaac Newton theory. Yeah, the, the further back you go, the more momentum you gather and the ball will go further. Because of that momentum, your follow through will go a certain distance. So it makes no sense to me to see young players in mini tennis finishing round their neck, because that that and, and this term I use a lot, and I think we've you know, I've used it with you a lot, is cosmetic. Yeah. There's so much going on in tennis which is cosmetic, and you know I guess we get now to this topic of tennis being a more dynamic sport. That reception sport, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So I've, I've had a lot of success the last few days actually having players that have been standing still because we get into this topic of movement and I think it's, it's one of those things that uh, teaching form, what it, what it should look like, inhibits is the ability to move in space because too often we can get so bogged down in needing it to look right, backswings to look right, uh, follows throughs to finish in a certain area that we just, and it can never be perfect with some of these young players, that we just get bogged down in that one thing and we, we forget to get them to move to a ball. Um, there, there was a player recently that I had who was you know, 12 or 13 and they had very poor ability to move in space to a ball, but were considered a decent player. Now, my question would be, why would, why would I be now the one, uh, when they're now playing tournaments and wanting to be successful, why am I the one teaching them to space in a ball? Shouldn't that have been done way earlier, um, right from the first lesson? And would you say that, um, that sometimes a player like that, that the player you're talking about, might have almost been, well, I wouldn't say brainwashed, because that's, that's a negative concept, but told over and over again about the technique that they almost sort of switched off to exploring uh, the function. No, they definitely are okay. basically brainwashed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then so what happens is when they go into, you know, a rally, we're talking about beginner kids. So when beginner kids go into a rally situation, they feel a bit lost because the ball's not coming the same way. Mm. Uh, the mechanics are not working anymore and the adaptability skills are not quite there and it's almost like they, they're playing two different sports because tennis isn't a static sport.
Perhaps another question people would be asking about this is if a player is taught function first over form, mm -hmm. is there any, are there any issues to do with uh, injuries that could occur if the form is poor um, and the efficiency of the shot? Do, you know, sometimes if you're just trying to get a ball to a certain target, maybe they're not doing it in the most efficient way. Yes, I, I mean, I've got my own theories on this, and my theories state that the game and the rules of the game will encourage correct form anyway. My feeling is when you do hit the ball late, the ball doesn't go into the court very well. When you're too tense, the ball doesn't go to the desired outcome, you know, destination. And, and so injuries will naturally occur if the function is not there as well. That, that's my, my take on it. So I think, you know, um, that's one aspect. And the second one is the efficiency. How do we actually grade efficiency? Because for me, efficiency is not just how hard you can hit the ball um, or how, how well it looks or how many times you can keep doing it. The efficiency is can you play deep shots? Can you play short shots? Can you hit with angle? Can you hit with different spins and different heights? And so, yeah, so the efficiency for me is the ability to deliver a variety of functions without making errors. Mm. What's your take on it? Injuries, efficiency. Well, I look at um, teaching function first as being holistic in terms of, um, you know, it's not just about strokes, um, not just about, well, it is mostly about targets, but also about the way they move. So I would, I would have a beginner running, you know, backwards running around their backhand and their forehand, right from the very first. In fact, you know, here's, here's a story that, that I, would, I would use. Um, it's when my daughter started to play and she was six years old and I suddenly realized I was now going to coach the most important student of my life. <laughs> um, and, and I thought, well, what is the first lesson? If I'm, you know, if I'm gonna do this any, you know, any good or efficiently as a coach, what would I teach my daughter first? And I came up with this drill. I, I stood her in the middle on the baseline at six years old I, th I told her, I'm going to give you four balls, and they all have to be a forehand. I threw one wide, I threw one back to the center, so she had to run wide, hit a forehand, back off, come back to the center, I threw a ball short, she came forward, I threw a ball deep, she backed off. Now, of course, six years old, she didn't do a very good job, <laughs> but it changed within five minutes, because... And not only that, she not only learned how to do it more efficiently, because you know I I, I could I could uh, alter the frequency of the throw, I could quicken it up if she got better and just kept putting her in deeper and deeper water, so the efficiency got better based on the frequency of my throw. But not only that, her first experience of tennis was if I want to hit a tennis ball, I better move to it. And that, I think, was a critical lesson in her you know, early days.
So Jason, you know, I think we've, we've covered quite a bit on the topic, but you know, if in closing, do you have any, any closing argument? Uh, yeah, listen, you know, I think it's an interesting debate, Paul. Um, you know, I, obviously I, I'm a believer that form follows function, um, but I'm not opposed to other coaches who, who teach the form first. Um, the only thing that I would suggest I'm allowed to suggest is that if you are teaching form make it fun add some variety into that form teaching um, add challenges in there because we don't want to take them too far away from from the reality of our game it is a game hmm. and uh, function is, is super important in that game and there's a lot of dynamic movements and I think it's essential that we get them as close to that as early as possible. Yeah, I think you've stolen most of my notes on, on that. Um, <laughs> I, I go with you. I, I'm thinking that, you know, both both can be done mm -hmm. and both have been proven to work. Um, I'm an advocate of teaching um, the function of it, the fundamentals first. But again, you know, um, add in a suggestion maybe to coaches listening add as much movement as you can so that the spacing and the, the movement to the ball is being learnt at the same time try to avoid stationary type drills um, like you challenge the player all the time and perhaps I would throw in a third one of you know keep surprising them because the nature of tennis is that it's it's an unpredictable sport. We can't predict what comes to us and in what form and what speed and what height and what width. Or as Peter Burwash said, it's a game of emergencies. Absolutely, yes. It is, it is. right? It is, yep.